What's happening, everybody? See, there's a couple people in the chat. Welcome back to the True True Christian Ministry Podcast. <laughs> Hope everybody's doing well. Um, as you can see, no Pagano tonight. Our brother is very ill and need your prayers so keep marking your prayers he is sick at the moment he is man down so everything has been shifted we will resume with the regular scheduled programming next week we will have big john Steele on as we discuss reverend snake in the grass's testament and um yeah just pray that mark gets gets back up on his feet asap and that he heals quickly and uh, tonight we will continue to read through Colossians. We will continue to read through Colossians. I know we got to uh, chapter two last week. We got to chapter two, no, Monday, sorry, last week. And uh, tonight we will continue through the final two chapters of Colossians. We will continue with the final two chapters of Colossians. And hopefully everybody that is here is blessed by it. Um, and thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Thanks for liking the live. Thanks for sharing the live. Um, and thanks to those diehards that are here for every single podcast. Um, I always see you guys in the chat. I always see the same names pop up, which is always a blessing. Uh, good to know that we are doing something, um, that blesses the body of Christ. Praise God for that. Um, so again, yeah, let's just, let's just say a prayer for Mark. Um, I see a couple of other people in the chat are also sick. I see Danny's also sick. Um, so I pray that you heal up quickly, my sister, and that you are not too badly ill um, and that it's not affecting your day-to-day life. So Kaylee as well. Um, may the Lord bless you and heal you. And these are all... Uh, <laughs> These are all the, the the parts of being in the flesh, right? We've we've we all go through these seasons of of having sickness, and um, again, it's a good reminder of when we are healthy, when we are healthy to be um, grateful. When we are healthy, it is imperative that we thank God for keeping us in good health, so that we can continue to do what we need to do, um, be there for our families, do our day to day work, and obviously that we can proclaim and preach the gospel when we aren't well as mark is tonight um it affects him um he does not enjoy missing any live streams he does not enjoy not being able to go live and and proclaim the good news so keep him in your prayers so that he is healed asap um <laughs> Pookie Bear JD. So yeah, we're gonna continue through uh Colossians. Mad market to see you as well, bro. Um, and we are hopefully gonna break down some more stereotypes. Um again, I don't know. Um looking back, looking back at last week's stream, um, I'm just quickly going to run over Colossians 2 um again because we see a lot of this. Um we see a lot of this going on on TikTok, and you know Paul addresses this. So, so, what do we know 
Um, I also realized I didn't go through this last time we did Colossians, but what do we know about the book of Colossians is that Colossians was a, a town that was uh, surrounded by or his neighboring neighboring towns were Laodicea and Hierapolis. And we see that they created a road that bypassed Colos. And, and what was happening um, at Colossians was false teaching was creeping in. False teachers were creeping in, um, preaching a form of Judaism, uh, Jewish traditions, which they try to force on these new believers. Um, and Paul addresses it in this letter. He stresses that he would love to, obviously, that he would love to visit them, um, that he would love to come and see them. But we know that that Timothy and Epaphras um, were responsible for the church planting at Colos. Um, we also see that uh, Philemon is from Colos as well as he addresses him in his epistle in Philemon 1, 22, 23. He, he addresses him saying, that he would, would love to come visit him as well. So we know Paul uh, wrote this around 60 AD, and we know that Paul um, wrote this from his first imprisonment. Um, this is the majority text. This is where scholars agree, and Paul obviously addresses um, these issues that have creeped up in, in the church at Colos and how it is not from God. So I don't have... Logos. I don't have logos up. I hope this is big enough for everyone to see. Um, if not, then just follow in your Bibles, just follow in your Bibles. But I'm just going to address, I know Mike and I did address the first part of chapter two, that you are built in Christ and, and that Christ is going to he is the preeminence. He is God incarnate, and of him all things proceed. So this is why Paul addresses this in, in um, from verse 16. He starts talking about um, this holy day thing. We get a lot of this. We see, I, see, I see this quite often. Um, this, this question pops up quite a lot when it comes to uh, Christian TikTok is the sabbath sabbath day um again it's a good subject to discuss um we see the author of hebrews also deals with this um quite directly but what paul says to us here in colossians 2 16 he says let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of a new moon or of the sabbath days which are a shadow of the things to come but the body is of christ so let no man beguile you of your reward in voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. So let's just let's just quickly let's just quickly cover that again. Vainly puffed up by his fleshly. So this is a form of um, agnostic. It's an agnostic form belief. You know that you you. Uh, pray through different mediums. Um, you can you can reach higher levels of spir spirituality depending on how you pray. Um, and Paul stomps the yard. He's like, no, that's uh, that's absolutely false. That's not how it works at all. So he says they're vainly puffed up. They're puffed up, and they're thinking with their fleshly mind. We see so much of that today. Um, on TikTok, we see so much of this uh, vainly puffed up 
uh, people who claim to be prophesying in the name of Jesus Christ. But we can see that this is all they're conscious and they're just spewing garbage from their mouths and misleading people um <laughs> like the stitch i made last night someone talking about casting out the spirit of christmas um this is absolutely false we've got 51 people 53 people in the chat right now christmas is not uh inherently pagan um as as some would like you to believe um if you've got a christmas tree up in your house and you've got presents under the tree for your children good on you um because no one's worshiping the tree no one's worshiping the presence i saw another one uh, a lady made a uh, video about christmas saying that the tree is an altar um and 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 you take your gifts to the altar you're worshiping satan by putting your christmas presents under the tree because the tree is a form of an altar and the devil loves it because everybody's worshiping satan during christmas unless you voluntarily like paul says here why am i bringing it up unless you voluntarily are worshiping these things are you, if you are physically worshiping the tree you are then committing idolatry and then you are commit, uh, you are worshiping a false god not because you just have the tree up and some you know some present for your kids this has got absolutely nothing to do absolutely nothing to do with um you know um idolatry anything can become an idol in your life if you bring if you put it before god that being said some christians do go <laughs> overboard with the whole christmas thing um again each to their own but it can become a distraction. It can become a distraction. We must remember why we as Christians celebrate Christmas. Um, and we know for a fact that this is not the actual time, the actual time Jesus Christ was born. But this is a time for us as brothers and sisters in Christ to reflect. Um, and I always say this is, we, we see so many good values in christmas for the christian in a sense of let's be givers let's be givers let's see how we can give let's see how we can get involved um again on that note um it is christmas time and i will be doing a bible and a meal bible and a meal for the homeless so if anybody would like to get involved with the um bible and a meal uh for christmas basically going out and giving homeless people um, a meal for Christmas as well as a Bible uh, so that they can, you know, see this is this is what it's all about. Um, it's not about anything other than Christ. It's always been about Jesus. It will continue to be about Jesus until the day he returns. For us, the Christian, Christmas is a good time to give. It is a good time to reflect on the birth of our Messiah. It is a good time to look back and say, wow, um, imagine the world we would live in today had Christ not come and redeemed all who have fallen short of his glory. Um, it's imperative that we remember why we celebrate Christmas and why we share the love on Christmas Day. Um, perfect opportunity as well to share the gospel of Christ. We see if Christmas was such a, a pagan thing as, as most of these people like to, then why did the word get shortened to Xmas? 
Um, why did they remove Christ from, from the word? Uh, most people um, have, have, have shortened it to Xmas. Um, or instead of saying Merry Christmas, you now have to say Happy Holidays. You can't say Merry Christmas because if you say Merry Christmas, you're offending the Muslims and the Hindus. Um, so most countries, you can't even say Merry Christmas. Um, you have to say Happy holidays. I know it's, it's, it's a big thing in the States as well. A lot of places in, in, in the United States have, have adapted this mentality where you say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas because it is offensive. Um, Dave, if you drop me an email, um, you can you can donate to the PayPal, which is in my bio in the link. Um, and you can also send it to Mike. Uh, Mike always forwards it on to me. So if you um, want to get involved, um, again, I will share all the photos and stuff off screen. Um, I don't make videos about the people and I don't put their faces in um, the videos when we hand out the Bibles and the food uh, purely because we don't want to embarrass them um, and we're not doing it for vainglory. We're not doing it to get a, a, a pat on the back. We're doing it because we glorify God. And God says we ultimately we are to look on the needs of others more than the needs of our own. So that's exactly why we're doing it. Again, my email is at the bottom. So if anybody would like to get involved, there are many ways you can get involved. So if you would like to be involved, then drop me an email and I can tell you where and how and why um, and when we will be doing it. Uh, generally, we do it a day or two before Christmas, actually, um, obviously, because on Christmas Day, um, most of the homeless people don't don't come out. They they, they kind of go into hiding because the roads are so quiet and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, that's that's what we what we will be doing this Christmas, and hopefully um, we can start doing it on a bigger scale, God willing, um, and we can see more and more people fed um, and have the Word of God. So again. Just to get back to this, what is what is Paul addressing? He's saying Gnosticism is evil. That Jesus Christ um, is the head of the body. Through Jesus Christ, we have everything. Through Jesus Christ, we have everything. There is nothing that we don't have. I mean, again, adding this to Paul, Paul f finishes up. They they puffed up, and in verse nineteen, he says, "And not holding the head." from which all of the body by the joints and the bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increases with the increase of God increases with the increase of God. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances? I think that pretty much breaks down um, every Torah observant, uh, you know, uh, argument, uh, those who, who claim you, oh, okay, well, you have to keep certain Sabbaths, you have to keep certain early days, you have to not eat bacon. Um, and many have heard me say, double up on the bacon for me, please. In fact, put three, put three, put three or four rashes of bacon on my burger, because I'm all about, I'm all about that bacon, baby. Um, I love, I love bacon. I love pork chops. Um, and again, the Jesus Christ addresses this so, so clearly in Mark as well, where he says to us, it is not that what goes in your mouth, which defiles you. Um, it is what comes out of your mouth because this reflects your heart. This is how the man is defiled by what comes out of his mouth because everything that goes in passes right through again. 
this does not defile the man, but what he speaks defiles him. And this is why he puts it in 21 and 22. Touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a shoe of wisdom in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. So this is where Paul addresses he handles it. This is the falsehood that has that is, that is crept in. This is what has crept into the church. And this is what is absolutely not from God. This is not what Jesus Christ instructed us. So why are you? Why are you subject to anything that was prior to Christ? Because Christ has preeminence, as we see in First John as well, which I know... Mike and I have addressed on various, various occasions that this is the, the purpose of First John. Again, um, a letter of sanctification, not a letter of condemnation. So Colossians chapter 3. Th this is the chapter where Paul puts on massive, massive, massive emphasis on putting on the new man, walking in a newness of life. Walking in a newness of life, we'll see similarities here. And he wrote this letter more or, more or less the same time as he wrote Ephesians. So you will see some similarities between chapters 3 and 4. As you see in Ephesians 5 and 6, um, Paul addresses the same thing to both these churches. Again, emphasis added here that these, these commandments that and ordinances that Paul have passed on, um, and we hear this all the time. You know, Christians are not governed by the Ten Commandments. Um, Paul mentions nine of the ten. The only commandment Paul says is no longer applicable to the believer today is the Sabbath. That's the only one Paul addresses as not applicable. Christ is our Sabbath. Christ is our rest. We find solace in Christ, not in a specific day of the week. We don't find rest in a specific day of the week. We have eternal peace and eternal rest through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, as we see here, Paul will address this, Colossians chapter 3. Um, and feel free to drop any questions as I go, and as I'm reading. If I'm not addressing something and you're not fully um, on board with what's being read, Please um, drop your questions in the chat. I see Mike is in the chat. Um, everybody is praying for you, brother. And, uh, yeah, I don't know the difference between the Seahawks and the Cowboys, but uh, go Seahawks uh, because I don't really like Cowboys anyway. Um, never been a fan of Cowboys. So go Seahawks. Sorry, Pickles. Uh, but Seahawks just sounds, sounds cool. And I like the jersey too. I, I need me a Seahawks jersey, so – Hook me up. All right. Anyway, let's get back to it. Colossians chapter three, verse one. Very important as he as he's now he's greeted them. He's addressed what is false. And here he goes. Chapter three, he addresses who you are in Christ. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, 
and your life is hid with Christ in God. Again, what is beautiful about this 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 epistle is Paul absolutely addresses God being triune. Again, we see the beauty of the Trinity being explained by the apostle here. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil, concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. In the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. So let's talk about the first seven verses. Yeah. <laughs> he tells you straight up, you're a Christian. Your life is now hid with Christ in God. You no longer are subject to number one, the laws and the ordinances of man, the traditions of man. Moreover, you should be setting your attention and your focus on your life that is to come. How many times do we speak to Christians and they're like, oh, man, if only in this life I had the wife. If only in this life I had the job. If only I had a better place to live. If only I had this. If only I had that. It's always, we're always looking for something more. These desires are not from God. Um, again, I'm not telling you to have a poverty mindset. But I am telling you what Paul's telling you here is to be content and your focus. Excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. Sorry, I muted myself there. <laughs> so Paul's focus and what he's pressing on you is, is that your focus should be on your life to come, not on the life you now live in the flesh. You should not be focused on the issues and the problems that you face here on earth um yeah i mean i've got the sniffles so maybe justin did make me sick because i was watching that live stream so maybe he did make me sick <laughs> who knows maybe flu travels through tiktok so again we see the wrath of god is revealed on the children or comes down on the children of disobedience and then he goes on to give us the list he gives us a list of those who who and what they're doing and why the wrath of God comes down on the children of disobedience. In verse 18, now says, but now ye also put off all these. So he's adding, well, adding, he's, he's, he's mentioning those which we as Christians love to point out, the uncleanness, uh, fornication, inordinate affection, um, we see this, but now Paul puts emphasis, but you also put off these things, which lead to those things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, and filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Filthy communication. So again, 
um, a lot of people will take this passage and go, okay, cool. So, so Paul is saying you mustn't cuss, um, definitely to a certain degree. But filthy communication, one of the biggest things we see here when we look deeper into the text is gossip, um, speaking and discussing other brothers and sisters um, behind closed doors, doing so in a way that you wouldn't do to their faces. This is... One of the things we see the Lord hates, um, if we go to Proverbs chapter 6, we see that God hates uh, those who bear false witness. God hates gossip. So when we're speaking of filthy communication and taking it, putting it out of your mouth, um, gossip is probably one of the biggest, biggest ones that has infiltrated the Christian community. And it's like people are oblivious. Um, we'll discuss other Christians um, behind their backs never never truly addressing them to their faces this doesn't edify the body of christ this is why he follows on in verse 9 to say lie not one to another seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds again putting emphasis on the fact that you are dead with christ and you are now risen to new life you are no longer who you used to be again this is the sanctification part we've done many 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 discussions on sanctification um again there is a level of disobedience um uh, of obedience and disobedience leads to the opposite disobedience leads to anger wrath malice blasphemy filthy communication so we allow god to be the potter we allow god to mold us to perfection again this has got nothing to do with your eternal security and your salvation but at the end of the day there are some christians out there who are bad christians um they don't listen to the Holy Spirit, and they don't read their Bibles and see how we are to walk as new men in Christ. And he says, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. I absolutely love that. Colossians 3 verse 10. You have put on a new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So, again, when we look at passages like Jeremiah, Psalm 119, you are created by God for God. You, this is he addressed this in, in Colossians chapter one. You were created by him for him. You are not created to worry about what comes next. You're not created to uh, focus on the problems of the USA and who the next president will be. These are not issues, these are not issues for the Christian. Yes, you can address these leaders. You can address where they are falsely, where they are falsely bearing witness. You can address the things that they are doing, which are ungodly, absolutely. And you must take a stand against these things. But again, we point out these things so that we can point people back to the Bible, so that we can point people to the Word of God. Not because, okay, well, I'm just going to have a gripe or I'm just going to have a moan. No, this is why what they're doing is wrong. And this is what the Word of God says. And, and this is how we deal with those who slaughter, you know, children in the womb. It's, it's never going to be okay for any Christian. Uh, anyone who names the name of Christ to be on that side of the fence saying, oh, well, her body, her choice. Um, that's that's not where we, that's not the wall we stand on. We're created by God for God. So every single unborn baby, we know 
is created by God for God. And that's the wall we die on. And he goes on to say in verse 11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew nor circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free. But Christ is all. Christ is all and in all. So put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. So the I think ESV says perfection. Again, we see various Greek words for perfection, for perfect. There are multiple meanings when it comes to perfect. Um, in English, we have one one translation, and that's perfect. But yeah, when we look at this, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy, beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Forgive, as Christ forgave, and put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So we as Christians, again, this is where we all fall, this is where we all fail, and, and this is why this epistle is so important, because we do, we do fall short of the glory of God, and we do fail again and again and again. We fail at this very thing, um, long-suffering, um, humbleness of mind. Why does he say it that way? Why does Paul say humbleness of mind? Because within your own head, within your own vain imaginations, you can you can become puffed up. You can you can become puffed up with your own knowledge, and this is why he goes on to say, "Put on love, which is the bond of perfection." So anyone walking in love, anyone walking in love will display the fruit of the spirit as we see in galatians 5 verse 20 22 we see the fruit of the spirit long suffering i mean that is that is a a question we deal with um all the time amy long suffering we see paul use it we see peter use it we see jesus use this this term of long suffering this means we are not easily angered this means we are not we are not quick to react. We think before we speak. We redeem the time, as Paul will go on to say in Colossians chapter 4, making sure our words are seasoned with grace and with salt. Paul says to us in 1 Peter 3, uh, Peter says to us in 1 Peter 3, 15, that we are always, always ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us um, with, again, long-suffering, meekness, and a fear of the Lord. So what is this long suffering the long suffering is to be it is to be patient with those who are without the virtue of christ um and more so this is why paul says to us in corinthians more so to those of the faith we have to be more patient with our brothers and sisters in christ and this this is something we see a lot of on tiktok um, I mean, Mark becomes a victim of this all the time where, and I suppose it's just 
that just comes with the territory because he's got so many followers on TikTok. You've got so many questions. I disagree. Um, and then it's an ad hominem attack. It's it's an attack on his character. It's an attack on him as a as a dad or as a husband. Or it's 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 a personal attack, which we are told as um, brothers and sisters in Christ that there are many Christian content creators I don't agree with. But here's the thing. They're preaching Christ. They're preaching the gospel. So although I don't agree with them on, on eschatology, although I don't agree with them on various, you know, parts of the Bible, um, I don't attack them. Um, and I still like their videos. I still like their videos um, because ultimately Christ is being preached. We see this in Philippians as well. Where Paul says there are those who preach Christ out of contention. Uh, for profit and for vainglory, supposing to add affliction to his bonds, supposing to make him even more depressed or more uh, upset than he already is, giving him more trials and more tribulations than he's already got. But he says, never mind them, because Christ is being preached. Christ is being preached, and that's the only thing that matters. Christ is being preached. So let's let's focus on those that are preaching Christ, um, and rather than what they're not preaching, let's focus on what they are preaching. And if they are preaching that Jesus Christ is God incarnate, that he did die on the cross for the sins of the world, that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day, let's glorify in that. Let's not get separated or torn apart by differences of church organizations or denominations. As we can see here, in Colossians, there's no there's no denominations. Paul isn't saying, okay, so to the Presbyterians in in Colos, uh, read this, and to the Baptists in Colos, read this, and to the Evangelicals uh, and the Charismatics, read this. Um, there's one letter, and this one letter addresses all of these things. Above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And then we see in 3.15, he says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful there again the emphasis the emphasis is on being grateful being thankful um and remembering what God has done because if we let God's peace rule in our hearts we we realize and we come to the we come to the understanding the fullness of the understanding that brothers and sisters in Christ are all part of the same body we are not to divide and conquer this isn't a a battle over who's the better christian this is not what we're fighting our battle is against a spiritual enemy and our battle is against those who preach a false Christ. Again, I will say this. Torah observers, not, not all of them, but majority of them, they're not your brothers in Christ. Hebrew Israelites are not your brothers and sisters in Christ. Jehovah's Witnesses are not your brothers and sisters in Christ. Mormons are not your brothers and sisters in Christ. These guys are not your brothers and sisters in Christ. Why? Because they've got a different Christ. They've got a fake Jesus. They've got a created Jesus whose doctrines were not preached 
by any of the apostles, any of them. They did not preach this. And Paul warns us explicitly in Galatians 1 and Galatians 3 about those who preach a different gospel. Colossians 3.16 1, uh, Colossians 3.16 and 17. If you've got your Bibles open, highlight this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. What? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So we see this as well in Colossians chapter 2 where he speaks about the fullness of Christ and the wisdom of Christ. Guys, when it comes to the Trinity, when it comes to God being tri triune, the word of Christ dwelling in you richly in all wisdom, when we understand the wisdom of God, when we understand who God is, the words spoken by Jesus during his parables, the words spoken by his apostles do make you wise. Um, teaching you and admonishing one another in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So again, here we have that reminder of worshiping, um, worshiping God in spirit and in truth. What does it mean to worship in truth? If someone has rejected God's triune nature, they cannot worship in him in truth because they don't know the truth yet. And uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of this on, on TikTok, people who reject God being triune. They say a lot of other uh, good things, but um, ultimately by rejecting the beauty and the fullness of the Godhead, you reject the scriptures. And this is why Paul says, let the words of Christ dwell in your hearts uh, richly so that you may be filled with the wisdom of God. Um, and this is why. We always encourage, we always, 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 always encourage you to go back to the word of God. Yes, the prosperity gospel is, is to me, it's, and this is just JD's opinion um, and, and how I feel about it, especially growing up um, and having that background. The prosperity gospel, word of faith movements, they're not even a gospel at all. They're, they're not even at least Mormons have a doctrine. They, they stick to their doctrine. Jehovah's Witnesses have a doctrine. They stick to their doctrine. Prosperity gospel teachers, they can't even sit around a table and agree on things um, because they're all coming up with a, a different motivational speech every Sunday. Um, that's all it is. It's, it's a single Bible verse, and it's center this entire Bible verse around you um, and how important you are and how special you are. It's, it's, it's the me-centered gospel. It's the, the gospel of I am, uh, not he is, and um, it's all about me. Uh, God wants me to be rich. God wants me to be healthy. God wants me to be, you know, everything that I'm not in this present time. Um, and that's absolutely false. Uh, also, we see them spewing many false prophecies, um, and then obviously making an absolute mockery of, of speaking in tongues, um, making a mockery of the pulpit, and making a mockery of the body of Christ. No man, and, and that's, 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 that's Joel Osteen, Stephen Furtick, Joyce Meyer, Creflo Dollar, 
uh, Kenneth Copeland, these guys all, no man is supposed to have that much money that he can afford a 65 or a hundred million dollar plane when you've got people dying on the streets of America. Um, we did a quick exercise the other day. Ke Kenneth Copeland's net worth, Kenneth Copeland's net worth would ensure that every household in the world, his net worth would ensure that every single household in the world had four Bibles. Every household in the world would have four Bibles in it if he put his riches aside and said, I'm doing this for the kingdom. I'm doing this for the, the, the goodness of the gospel. I'm doing this because I have been saved and I was desperately in need of a savior. Um, the prosperity gospel is pure demonic um, and it ruins it ruins people's theology. It ruins the way people view Christ. And it completely ruins, completely ruins and distorts the gospel of Jesus Christ. T.D. Jakes is yet a, another one. And also watch how these people win. Mike Todd is also another one. Todd White is another one. If we look at how these people respond when they're asked difficult questions in interviews, um, and how they corrupt the word of God and how they backpedal when they're asked to address certain issues with the, which the Bible clearly condemns. They try and talk their way around it. This is exactly what Paul addresses in Romans 5 and 6 when it comes to the issue. In fact, Romans 3 through 6, when it comes to the issues of sin, what sin is, how we address sin, and why we're in such desperate need of the gospel. Because without the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus, we're all yet in our sins. We're all yet in our sins, and we will perish in them. Thank you, Jesus, for your finished work. And, and that's the gospel. The gospel's got nothing to do with money. Absolutely nothing. Family, food, shelter, working utilities, good running vehicles. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's a, a great comment and absolutely amen. We, Jesus Christ said, I will provide everything you need, not everything you want. Again, we look on the needs of others more than the needs of our own. We don't go, okay, well, I need, I need, I need, I want, I want, I want. How can I help? How can I help someone else? Yes, again. Another good comment. Absolutely. Kenneth Copeland could have eradicated homelessness in America. Um, I mean, we and we saw we saw the, the the situation when there was flooding and and Joel Osteen wouldn't even open up the doors of his church for those who had lost their homes. He wouldn't open up the doors of his church and he had some you know far asked excuse about why he couldn't allow people to come into his 60,000 seater building to take a refuge. Um, and it's, uh, man, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. When we as brothers and sisters in Christ, we see this from Paul, we see this from Peter, we see this from the other apostles in that time, um, constantly looking out for one another, constantly helping one another, uh, aiding one another. This is this is how we are called to be as brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm blessed to have met so many awesome brothers and sisters in Christ um, who who will, um, without me mentioning it, um, 
contribute to the ministry, will contribute to the Bible ministry, will will be involved. Um, and again, it's not about the amount of money that is sent. It's it's about where your heart is at. Where is your heart at? Are you doing more for others than for yourself? And and let me tell you about the peace which surpasses all understanding as we read in Philippians, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is the things that you can do through Christ who strengthens you. If you're going to be giving, God will give you the strength. God will carry you through. If you're going to be doing it with the upright heart, which God has put in you because you're a new man and you're more focused on the needs of others, trust me when I say your needs will always be met. God's spade is bigger than your spade. He will always meet your needs. Um, but again, whatever we get, we use to glorify the kingdom of God. We use to edify others. We use to help others. This is not, uh, if you tithe, you will receive. Um, that's not the message that the apostles give. Paul says to us in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, remember the words of our Lord Jesus, how it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Why? Because God wants to see us taking care of one another. Again, not a salvation issue. Uh, I'm not saying abandon your household. Yes, your household is your first ministry, and that's where your focus should be. Um, to all the working moms and dads that go out every single day and work for their for their households, awesome. May God continue to bless you in doing so. But we always look. We always look. Um, if you and this is not always. Again, like I say, it's not always about money. Um, you can make someone a sandwich. And, and this is how I encourage giving is, is before you leave for work, make three PB&J sandwiches and keep them on the seat next to you. If you see someone that, that's, that's hungry, give them a sandwich. Drive around with a bag of apples and hand out apples to those who are less fortunate. Um, the smallest things, the smallest acts of, of kindness um, glorify God. And bring people the gospel. And this is what we say when we say we live. We live out the gospel. We live out the gospel. We give more than we take. So anyway, everybody happy with Colossians 3. So we see this. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So again, Paul tells us how to pray. We pray to God. By Jesus Christ, there he says it again. God is triune, and he he breaks that down so nicely for us. So that's what we see in Colossians three verse sixteen and seventeen, and why I say highlight that, because whatever we do in word or in deed, let us do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let us do everything. Let us do everything for Jesus Christ and to glorify Him. So again, as I said. He mentions the following part, family relations. Uh, he mentions in Ephesians 5, verse 6 to uh, 5.21 to 6, verse 9. So, yeah, we're going to see the the repetition. But, again, it's an issue that was what was the same issue was going on in, in um, Colos as well. So, Paul reminds them, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. And be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, 
provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleases, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. So we see so much of this going on in the world today. Uh, you know, people will discuss how terrible the boss is. And when the boss comes, they'll joke with him. Ha, 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 you're such a good boss. Um, again, we don't do anything so that people can see us and give us a pat on the back. We don't do things for others so that we can be witnessed or, or recognized. This is why I'm a firm believer in when helping the poor leave the camera at home. You don't have to walk around with your selfie cam. Uh, look at me feeding this person. Look at me helping this person. No. We don't need to be doing that. We can do that because God sees all. God sees the condition of all. God knows the hearts of all. And God sees. God knows everything. We don't need everybody on social media to see us feeding the poor um, because it's embarrassing for them. Number one, they don't want their faces smeared all over so social media, but they'll stand there and they'll go, thank you, thank you, thank you on camera because they're getting something. They're getting something from it. Uh it's 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 a little bit it's a little bit much when people film these poor people and um i get it it tugs on your heartstrings but again we're not called to the gospel by our feelings and emotions we call to the gospel because here's the reality if you don't believe in jesus christ you will be eternally separated from him if you don't believe that you are a sinner in need of a savior you're in serious serious danger so this is why we preach the gospel not because you can gain something in this life. And he goes on to say, and whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Just putting emphasis on what he's just said in verse 22, knowing that of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward and the inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong, which he hath done. And there is no respect of persons. So again, we look at the principle of sowing and reaping. God will chastise. God will chastise his children. God will God will deal with us when we are in the wrong. He absolutely will deal with us. Um, so it's, it's imperative that when we look at certain things within our life and we can we can self-reflect and we can go, where, where do I need to what, where do I need to work on? What do I need to work on? And Paul says it to us very clearly. Yeah, let us focus on doing everything we do as though we are doing it unto God, not unto ourselves, not because we want to tap on the back, not because we want to be glorified by others, but because, but because we are doing this for God but because we are doing this for God. Amen. So again, everybody, everybody good with Colossians three, any other questions when it comes to Colossians three, I don't know if I missed any in the chat. Um, let me just quickly see uh, before we move on. Amen. And here's the difference, Rhonda. This is this is. Uh, I hope. I, I truly hope. Often when we when we do these podcasts, I hope that that they any one of their followers will come across 
any one of those prosperity gospel um, teachers, any of their followers that come and, and see these videos that, that the Lord will prick their hearts and convict them. Because here's the other thing you will not find in a Joel Osteen church, in a Stephen Furtick church. They won't even know your first name. They won't even know your first name. They won't know your issues. They've got hundreds and hundreds of counselors and helpers and elders and pretty much anyone who's willing to volunteer their time becomes an elder or someone in the church. Um, it's, 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 and it's not biblical. We see this very clearly first and second Timothy and Titus. What are the qualifications of, of, of an elder, of a shepherd? Um, and they just give you a cool t-shirt and say, well, now you're, you're in, you're an usher. Stephen Furtick um, has, Many, 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 many issues within his ministry. Um, in order for me to cover every single one, uh, drop me an email. I'll send you a good few links on on um, a few of his sermons and and point it out publicly. Um, what he's preaching is false. Um, again, it's it's a it's a man centered gospel. It's got nothing. Um, got nothing to do with Christ. It's got nothing to do with the gospel, which ultimately is is very, very sad. Very sad to see because most of these guys started off, started off well. And whether they are saved or not, God knows. God knows their heart's condition. God knows whether or not they are truly saved. Not for me to say, but again, I can speak on what they preach. And what they preach is not found in the text. So, again, as Rhonda has just said, I would highly recommend you run from such churches. Colossians chapter 4, and this is where we will end tonight's podcast. So we will quickly go through Colossians chapter 4. Paul's addressing his fellow workers. This is how he ends off these this is how he ends off. This is practical Christian living. This is how Christians are to live. Parents, do not provoke your children. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands out of reverence for Christ. And do not do anything, whether you're in the working world, do not do anything for vainglory. Do not do it to be seen by men, but do it as though you're doing it for Jesus Christ. Amen. Um. Well, that's, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad you don't listen to them. All right. Colossians chapter four. Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So not only does he say to us, we mustn't work. And I know there are a lot of Christians who, um, who work for bosses that are just downright cruel, um, that don't pay fair wages, that treat their staff like, like rubbish, that walk all over the little man. Again, this is also prophesied. We know that the, in the last days, the the hearts of many will grow cold. We know that in the last days, many will become dull in their conscience. They will become dull in their thinking. They will become dull when it comes to their worship of Jesus Christ. And we see that. So if you're working for someone or in a place of work where you are not being paid fairly or treated fairly, please know that God sees this as well. God sees this and your reward is in heaven. So do not focus on being recognized here for those masters will give account. 
those who have been put in places of power will give account for how they treated those beneath them. Again, true power is not weighed how you speak to the CEO of the company. True power is measured in how you treat the homeless one on the street. Is is can you can you give the same respect, the same level of respect to the janitor as you can to the CEO? Um, and if you are um, one of those who falls into the trap of of giving those of status or station um, more time and 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 you're more respectful and more gracious towards those who are in a position of power, then I would definitely point you to this to this passage in Colossians three Colossians three and four, um, because we are to treat all people equally. Notice that God is no respecter of persons and neither should the Christian be. We should be able to hug the homeless man the same way we hug the rich man. There is no difference between the inner man. There is no difference between the inner man. As Paul has addressed here and he does in Galatians as well. There is no male, no female. There is no bond, nor free. There is no barbarian or Scythian. We are all in Christ. We are all equal. God is no respecter of persons. There is no partiality with God. There are no Christians that are favorites. Jesus Christ isn't going to be standing at the gates when we walk in and go, whoa, JD, my favorite Christian. No, absolutely not. In fact, of all sinners, I am chief. Of all sinners, I have fallen more times than I can count. I've, I've let God down so many times in my life after saying i will not do this again i fall and i pick myself up again because of his grace because of his mercy we lean on him this is why we see the thorns will not always be removed from our side but his grace is sufficient his grace is sufficient therefore we boast not in the moments that we are strong but we boast in the moments that we are weak. That is the gospel. For by grace we are saved through faith, not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We look to the cross every single time we fall short. And this is why Paul says to us, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance, to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in my bonds. The mystery here as well. Again, Paul is referring to the triune nature of God. Most, most of the Jews of the day rejected the gospel, rejected Christ, because they held to their doctrines and traditions. No one's seen God. Um, and again, when we explain to people, that the triune nature of God, the triune essence of God, God is triune. We are not saying we serve three gods. We're saying God is one. We completely agree with Deuteronomy 6.4. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. We agree with Isaiah 40, uh, 40 through 46, that we agree that Jesus Christ is the only Savior. There is only one Savior. God is God. We do not worship three gods, but what we see is God, God taking on flesh in the eternal son, Jesus Christ, taking on flesh, 
to redeem the sins of the world. It's just the most beautiful story that history has ever told. Um, even before it took place, it's the most magnificent prophecy to come to fulfillment is the man Christ Jesus. And this is why it goes on to say, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Walk in wisdom to them that are without, redeeming the time. One more time. Walk in wisdom to them that are without, redeeming the time. Why? Why is it so imperative that we walk in wisdom to those who are without? Because if people see how I speak to Joy or how I speak to Rhonda or how I speak to Natalie and we call each other brother and sister, uh, I love you, my brothers and sisters. Brian, I love you, my brother. And we speak like this. They see, I want something that they have. Why are they so loving? Why are they calling each other brother and sister? Why are they always helping one another? What, what is this? And, and we explain the mystery of Christ. We explain the goodness of God. We explain the goodness of God. And we explain the gospel. We tell them that nothing we do, nothing we're ever capable of doing, were we capable of doing while we were still the old man. We weren't able to walk in this love. We weren't able to redeem the time because we were filled with greed and lust and hate. We were filled with all the things of the world. But since Christ has renewed us, since Christ has renewed us, we can walk. We can walk in wisdom towards those that are without, redeeming the time. And yeah, one of my most favorite verses in all of the Bible, Colossians 4 verse 6, another one you can highlight if you've got your Bibles open, let your speech be always seasoned with, uh, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Let your speech be always with grace. What does it mean to have your speech always with grace? Again, we don't talk, we don't talk down to other believers that we 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 don't agree with. We we try and reason using the scriptures. And if they don't want to listen, we have that instruction in Titus. You warn them once, you warn them twice, after that have nothing more to do with them. Romans 16, 17 says, Mark and avoid those who, who sow discord, who cause divisions among you. Mark and avoid them. So we, we seek out brothers and sisters who are like-minded, who agree with the, the doctrines of Christ, which is Christology, who agree with the doctrines of salvation, which is soteriology, and who agree that there is only one way that we are saved, and that is by believing the gospel of Christ. There is no other way that we come into the kingdom there is no other way that we become members of the body of Christ. There is no other way that we will inherit the eternal life but by believing the gospel. Amen. So we see that. Let your words be seasoned with salt and always with grace so that you know how to answer every single man. And yet Paul goes on to say his thank yous and why. Why do we see these? Because because these are imperative to location. Remember, when we look at the Bible, people say it's just a storybook. No, it's not. These are actual witness accounts written to and from actual people discussing actual events, actual places, actual 
times um, in history. And, and this is why Paul ends off his letter this way. All my state shall Tychesus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. Now we know that he was responsible also with Timothy for planting the church in Colos. He came to Paul in prison. He visited Paul in prison and he said to him, look, bro, this is what's going on. Uh, this is what they're preaching. Uh, these guys have crept in. They're preaching, you know, that you've got to keep these days. You've got to eat this way. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. Uh, and similar to the way Paul addresses the Galatians, he then addresses the church at Colos. And then in verse 8, he says, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that he may know your estate and comfort your hearts. So he's been sent with the letter with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. Onesimus also responsible for planting churches in Colos. And he says uh, he's also visited Paul in prison. And he says this is what's happening. Um and he says to he he writes this this letter and he includes only Simus because he has sent him. And they, so he's talking about the two of them, shall make known unto you all things which are done here. And he goes on to talk about Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus, uh, and Marcus, sister's son to Barnabas, touching whom ye received in commandments, if he come unto you, receive him. Again, the same way he speaks to uh, in Philemon, that you must receive, uh, not as a slave, but as a free man, as a brother in Christ. And Jesus, um, who is called Justus, um, who are of the circumcision, these only are my fellow workers under the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort to me. So there he's speaking to two converted Jews that have come to the faith. And he is saying to the church at Colos, receive them as brothers in Christ. And Epaphras, who is one of you, born in Colos, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you and to them that are at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Now again, Colos is, is, is in the middle of these two neighboring towns, um, and there was a road that passed through. Later on, we saw a new road was created, which was easier to reach uh, Laodicea. So a lot of people bypassed Colos and they didn't actually get to Colos to um, declare. And here he speaks of Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke and who wrote the Book of Acts. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphas and the church which is in his house. And when this epistle is read among you, so there we go. Paul did not just want this letter to be read to one or two. He says, read this, read this epistle among you because that it may also be read at the church of the Laodiceans. And that likewise, read the epistle from Laodicea. So there Paul says, this is not just a letter for Colossians. Go ahead and read it to the neighboring towns as well, because this will edify them and exhort them as well. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord that thou fulfill it. And then he closes off by saying, the salutation by the hand of me, Paul, remember my bonds. Remember my bonds because he is currently in prison. Grace be with you. Amen.
And remember my bonds. Grace be with you. Amen. So there we have it. The book of Colossians is complete. And uh, again, that's why I say we look at the the way these, and, and this is something you will learn if, if anybody is interested in, in, in doing seminary or studying theology. The, you learn these little things about these names, these places, which actually just further um, solidify our argument. Um, for those who say the Bible is God's inerrant word, these epistles of Paul solidify that Paul was sent by Christ himself because of the people he speaks to, because of this people he speaks about, because of the council at Jerusalem, as we see in Acts 15, uh, because of the way Paul says when he first received his revelation in Galatians, we see he did not go and consult Peter and the other apostles, but he went up into Arabia. He went up into the mountain, assumed to be the very same mountain that Moses went up to receive the Ten Commandments, and he spent time with Christ. And he received his instructions from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So we confirm that Paul is a sent out apostle and an apostle of Christ directly. So, again, if there are any questions, um, uh, we can't. We can't read it because it was it was it was not included. It wasn't found. It's, it's a lost letter. Um, here's the other thing. Um, Corinthians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians are actually not the 1st and 2nd uh, letters Paul wrote to Corinthians. It is more likely that 1st Corinthians was actually the 2nd the letter to the Corinthians and 2nd Corinthians is actually the 4th letter. So um, there are actually two missing letters that, that Paul wrote to the, the church at Corinth, which we don't have today. Um, again, if you want to know more about... Um, the canon and, and the Bible we have today and why it is complete. Um, I would, I would recommend Roy Zuck, uh, William Mounts. Um, they, they do good work on, on why we have the 66 canon we have today. Um, again, these, these letters were not removed. They were not removed from the Bible. They were never included because they were never found. Um, and there's good reasons for it. We, we trust that, that God, gave us absolutely everything we need um, today. We need it. We need it. Uh, desperately, desperately need it. And the ones that we have are the ones that are relevant to our Christian walk. Um, yes, exactly. Second Peter 3.16, Paul, uh, Peter says um, to watch out for those who twist the words of Paul as they do the other scriptures, which confirms that Peter already uh, looked at the writings of Paul as scripture because he says as they do with the other scriptures um so spot on call and that is correct 100 percent. again tradition is not all bad tradition is not all bad there there are certain traditions which have been put in place and, and these keep members in check they keep us in check um, so not all tradition is to be frowned upon and um, some traditions are good um, they're good for our own spiritual health. They're good for our own walks with Christ. Um, again, we, I, I don't just, uh, I don't buy a cupboard full of chocolate and say to my three-year-old son, go ahead, help yourself whenever you want. So he knows there, there are chocolates in the cupboard. He knows they're there, but he knows he can't just get them whenever. 
he knows chocolates are a reward for good behavior. Chocolates are a a, a dessert after he finishes his dinner. Um, it's not just an all day, every day thing. So again, things are put in place to keep us in line with scripture. Um, don't look at all tradition as uh, as the enemy of the Bible because that truly isn't the case. That truly isn't the case. We we look at it. Is it in line with scripture? I think that's the best way to look at it, bro. Um, is it in line? Is it in line with scripture? Does it support scripture? So if I tell you, you know, to be kind to your neighbors, um, you're going to immediately go, ah, Jesus Christ said to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So, um, again, tradition never trumps God's word. If it if it lines up with scripture and, it, and it's in accordance with scripture, keeping you in line with scripture by all means. But if I come up to you tomorrow and I say, yo, um, I've, I've changed my mind about bacon. Uh, so in order for you to watch this podcast, everybody's got to put down bacon. No one can eat bacon anymore. Otherwise, I don't want you listening to me. You know what's going to happen? Most people are going to go, okay, peace out. JD's lost it. JD's lost the plot. Um, don't know what happened to him. Again, um, it's when we try and impose our own way of thinking onto others, saying, no, this is how you have to do it. Like, we can't tell people there is a specific way you have to pray. Um, <laughs> you, you can all, again, God knows your heart. How you pray, God will answer your prayers because God knows your heart. God sees your thoughts. I don't. And and ultimately that's where, where faith comes in. We look at we look we look to the cross always. Tradition generally are embellished. Amen. Amen. I can agree with that. <laughs> I won't eat bacon on podcast days. Yeah, and I mean this is this is standard when it comes to when when it comes to pickles. You shouldn't even be. You shouldn't be yet yeah, if you if you're loving pickles and eating pickles. You shouldn't be on this podcast. I think that's something we've made abundantly clear. You should not be here if you're a pickle eating heathen. You shouldn't be here. That's that's the bottom line. I mean, we always got someone bringing up pickles. Yeah. <laughs> that's all good. You can love your pickles. I think they're the worst thing ever. Gross. I was just eating shame, Lance. I'll be praying for you, bro. Anyway, so we've got no questions on Colossians. Hopefully you all uh, learned something and took something away from the reading today. May God bless the reading of his word. And may those who listened, uh, listened in be blessed by what they heard. Um, I love you all so much, Brian. Good luck with that. Good luck with your pickles, bro. Um, may you guys be blessed. May the Lord continue to bless you. Again, continue to pray for Mike and uh, that he is healed up and ready for next week. I will be back next week. Uh, hopefully, he is well enough to do a recording for the Bible reading. But if not, we will we will catch up. And we thank everybody that uh, that has been here, that has supported. Please remember to like and subscribe. Please remember to share this with your friends and family so that they can also get into the word and read read with us as we go through the bible uh 
<laughs> I do. I do, Kira. I love you too much, my sister. Um, and um, I love all of you pickle eating, pickle eating heathens. You're you're all uh, you're all a blessing to me. Um, and again, uh, I will remind you over the next few weeks because we are going into December. Anybody that would like to be involved with the food and Bible drive for Christmas, uh, for those who are less fortunate who do not have a meal um on christmas day we do not have family to hug and to hold on christmas day um please consider getting involved um again there is no donation that is too small um and also only that only what you can do within your means i'm not asking you to break the bank um i'm asking you to do what you can within your means and to be the a meal costs five dollars um and we give them a a full course meal and a bible which is five dollars so call it 10 10 bucks a person um so if you want to sponsor a person it's 10 bucks um and that's in us dollars so email me the email is at the bottom if you would like to get involved otherwise my paypal is in my bio on tiktok um so thank you to everybody that is involved uh, always with the bible ministry i appreciate it um and uh, we seeing the word of god touch many 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 people so amen and praise jesus for that other than that god bless you all have a fantastic evening where you're all at be blessed may the grace and mercy of our lord jesus christ follow you wherever you walk and may you be blessed in your sleep thank you all for for being here thank you for sharing thank you for liking and we will see you on monday night be blessed i will see you then praise jesus uh where is this have i lost it Oops. <laughs> oh man, why why why? Why Mike? Why why Mike? <laughs> anyway, God bless you all. I will see you on Monday. <laughs> Be blessed.